Hello, my friend. Welcome back to the Wayfair Podcast. I'm Tom Vanderwill. Thanks so much for joining me again today on our chapter day journey. We're in Luke chapter 19. It was verses 41 through 42 that resonated with me this morning. It says, as Jesus approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. Today's podcast is entitled, Kings and Kingdoms. In yesterday's chapter, I talked about the meaning that is hidden in plain sight, waiting to be found in the connection between the episodes in a given chapter. So once again this morning, I found spiritual treasure in connecting the dots. Luke wrote back in chapter 9 that Jesus resolutely, that's the word he resolutely set out for Jerusalem. And in today's chapter, he finally arrives. But Dr. Luke adds two key episodes to give me, the reader, context for that arrival. As he enters Jericho, Jesus sees a man who has climbed into a tree to get a better view of him. This wasn't just any man. His name was Zach, and he was the regional director for the Internal Revenue Service of that day. And just like every human system of government, the system in which Zach was an authority was filled with corruption. Zach had profited from that corruption. He was part of the system that fed the evil Herod administration and the occupational forces of Rome. He was ostracized and held with contempt by the fundamentalist religious system. Like Jesus' disciple Levi or Matthew, Zach had chosen in to the corrupt system in order to get rich and live the good life, and his own people despised him for it. Jesus interestingly enough, invites himself in to Zach's house for dinner. Jesus had a way sometimes of just inviting himself. And in doing so, Jesus sets off a host of mean tweets, <laughs> that day anyway, from those who had chosen into the fundamentalist religious system of that day. And they chose in to appear righteous and holier than thou. Ironically, Jesus found this fundamentalist religious system to be no less corrupt than the monetary tax system to which Zach had chosen in. So Jesus' visit to Zach's house ends with Zach repenting of his greed, making a decision to give away half of his wealth while making restitution to those he wronged by paying them four times what he'd cheated them out of. Jesus celebrates this prodigal son who has found his way home to God's kingdom, affirming that Zach's transformation is evidence of the kingdom he came to bring to earth. Jesus then tells a parable about a man of noble birth who goes to a distant land to be made king. The people despised and rejected this king. Well, he leaves his kingdom, and puts people in charge of his wealth while he was away. Some invested the wealth, made a huge return, and were rewarded. One man did nothing and was stripped of what he had been given and was summarily sacked. First, 
Jesus goes to the house of a sinner so that he might find personal salvation that transforms his life and all those who know him. Jesus says, this transformation of Zacchaeus, this is what my kingdom is all about. Next, he tells a parable about a king who goes to a distant land to be made king, much as he left heaven to bring his kingdom to earth. He leaves his followers in charge of his kingdom, much as he will in about a week leave his followers to care for the mission of his kingdom on earth. The king eventually returns and settles accounts, much as Jesus promises a day that he'll return to settle spiritual accounts. Now, Jerusalem is the epicenter of the great story. It is David's capital city. It is where Solomon built the temple. It is where the prophets proclaim God's message. But since the banishment from the garden in Genesis 3, the kingdoms of this world, under the dominion of the prince of this world, always stand in opposition to the kingdom of God. It happened in the wake of David's kingdom, And Jesus knew it must happen again, just as he described in the parable he just told. Quote, his subjects hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, we don't want this man to be our king. End quote. So Jesus, the king, enters Jerusalem and weeps for the larger spiritual tragedy that is unfolding. And this is what he says, quote, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it's hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and your children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you, end quote. So with this statement, Jesus prophetically describes the very thing that will happen in 40 years when Rome lays siege to Jerusalem and destroys the city and the temple with it. So in the quiet this morning, I find myself reminded of an observation I've made along my spiritual journey. I find that humans, myself included, want God to be like us and the kingdom of God to be like the earthly kingdoms we know. This is the fatal mistake that Jesus is calling out in the saving of a major sinner like Zach, in the parable of the king whose subjects hated and rejected him, and in the prophetic proclamation of the city and the earthly kingdoms who were going to execute him in a few days time. Now as a disciple of Jesus, I've had to learn along the way that when my thoughts and words and actions and worldview start looking like a kingdom of this world, then I know I'm out of sync with the kingdom of God that Jesus invested in me, his disciple, just like the administrators of the king in his parable. In the parable, The king's subjects were given money to invest. In the case of Jesus, his disciples, myself included, were given love and grace and mercy and forgiveness to invest. So how does my investment portfolio look? 
What will be the return on those investments that Jesus finds on the day when he returns to settle accounts? That's what I'm thinking about today. Hope you have a great day, my friend, wherever this finds you. Lord willing, I'll be back here tomorrow. I hope you join me.